Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am pleased to introduce my special guest, and I hope you're excited to meet her as well, Sonia Montiel. Sonia has served more than 21 years in the college admissions profession, having extensive experience in the areas of freshman, transfer, and international admissions. She founded College Confidence in 2002 with the purpose of helping parents become their teens' lifelong mentors as we protect the worth and authenticity of teens so that they feel ready to take on the world. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me and bringing your wisdom to this episode. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited about this particular conversation. So let's talk about why you began this journey. What made you focus on helping parents and children in this realm? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've evolved. So when I first entered higher ed, I have to admit I was in my mid twenties and there was some ego there. I wasn't a parent then. (laughs) I was a very, I was actually a very new parent and it felt good to be part of, you know, access to higher ed. Um, However, during that, that time of working for university, then a high school, I felt like I was sort of a middleman that I was disseminating requirements that was feeding into college bound culture where I began noticing as I was being more wise as a parent as well, that we were some, we meaning society and parenting, you know, in general, we were anchoring to schooling as an identity and we we're anchoring to requirements as for a sense of control that was really impacting how we were raising teens. And so, you know, I would say a decade of it, I transitioned. I said, nope, we can no longer just focus on, you know, what college is or what schooling is. I need to redefine that entire conversation between parents and teens. And hence my, my shift. Which is so beautiful because we're raising children oftentimes in our society to go to college, right? There, you know, I can remember when my kids were, and this is years ago, not to disclose my age, but when my kids were young and I went to an elementary school meeting and they started talking about high school track and not the running track, but the track for high school in terms of, you know, mathematics and sciences and where you need to be in order to obtain that rich uh, resume, so to speak, for college. And so, and I sat there thinking, what, (laughs) you know, what's going on here? And, you know, being new and not having a lot of awareness to, to the the culture, right. That we were training our children to fit into and to meet, I was shocked. And so, you know, let's talk about young parents or, you know, parents of young children in the elementary that start to hear this. Do you hear things about that from them as to, how that mindset begins at such a, an early age for our children. 
where the parent's mindset is focused on this and then obviously the child. Oh, for sure. I mean, it is absolutely unconditional love. I mean, it's the, the base of all of it is fierce, protective love. So I want to recognize it. I totally get it. Um, and as we're, and we're uncertain, oh, especially now, uncertain about the future. And we absolutely need to do our best as parents to say, well, how can I present everything to my child? So this child becomes like this healthy, amazing, contributing adult. I think that's really the main, I mean, a lot of, a lot of verbiage out there in the media is, ooh, if you get your kid into college, that's such a huge parenting milestone. What an achievement, I'm quoting achievement. That is for a parent. And, and that's a deceit because we like to anchor to tangible things. You know, if my kindergartner got the lead role in their annual musical, right? Oh, what an achievement that is because my child has so much confidence, perhaps a bit of skill. And we like to anchor to these tangible measurements and slowly that becomes a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And so with Carl Dweck's work, um, there's lots of research on fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Um, And when we, and it's really based on control because we say, well, I could talk about grades as parents when I say I. We can talk about test scores. It anchors us to something we can measure against. Am I being a good parent? Is my child where he or she needs to be? Right? And we're taught that it's conditioning over and over Mm -hmm. and over and societal pressures that train us, teach us and keep this institutionalized, if I could use that word, thinking, right? Right. We need to do this. And, you know, I I can relate to a lot of what you're thinking in yours, in in my old ways. Um, When my daughter, when my oldest was getting ready to, well, she wasn't getting ready to look at colleges. I was, (laughs) truth be told. And I was like, oh, great. We're going to have this road trip. I mean, this is a true story. We're going to have this road trip and I can't wait. And she was a junior and you know, where should we go? And I was just like super excited. And she said, mom, I have no interest in college. If you push me and send me to school, you're throwing your money away. And I was honestly, I was devastated because I had learned that education was something no one could ever take away from you. So you should continue to educate you yourself. But what about the day-to-day education of just living that we received too? No one had ever said, that's education too, Sue. And so when she said this, I went through a grieving process myself saying, what's this all about? You know, why am I so fixed on needing this and, and doing this? And so, you know, I have two children and one did not go to, to school, but did take courses that she chose to do later. And the other one is in a very, very um, prestigious uh, master's program that she chose that she you know, that she did, that has nothing to do with me. And so I share this because I'm sure this relates to a lot of parents that you see and talk with and help. And so how do we help the parent first before, you know, the child comes along and says, no, no, (laughs) I'm not going. Oh, for sure. I I just, and, you know, going back to that thought, Really, if we tr- as parents, if we truly fantasize, what is it that I would love for my child when they become adults? And honestly, the greatest reward, I, I have a 20-year-old daughter. I also have a 12-year-old. So just starting the whole thing over again um, is that connection. I mean, for me to continue to have this amazing connection with my 20-year-old, and she comes to me 
willingly looking to me as I trust you as my mentor. Oh, I'm just going to cry. I can just be in tears. Just that trust. That's where I said to myself, aha, that is a healthy adult. And she is inviting me in. Mm, mm, and, love that. and to me, you know, because there's a lot of conflict that happens um, during those teen phases that are, can be very, very normal. But I think that college or the, the transition after high school is one of the most vulnerable times. And if I could just share really quick, I want to go back because, sure, let's, let's raise these perfectly obedient rule followers that are high, the highest of achieving students. And I have been, I've worked with these students. And what, what the biggest consequences have been is we are, they're robotic. Mm-hmm. They're so obedient that they do not know their purpose. They do not have the courage or the grit to face uncertainty. Everything has been, um, you know, a recipe that they mm-hmm. didn't have contribution to. Um, so unfortunately, what I've been seeing is these students who are so capable are willing to sacrifice sleep, mental health, and physical health in the name of achievement, and even integrity. So when my student last year, um, I heard from his mother, like, oh my gosh, my student got accepted to, you know, this college, showed me the letter, and I was like so proud. And I said, congratulations to the student. And he said, oh, I, I forged that letter. I just forged that letter so I can appease my mom. I don't want them stressing out. I, I certainly understand, you know, that you'll keep this secret as well. Oh. So the expectation that these virtues and values can easily be traded and sacrificed was a slap to my face. Mm-hmm. And I, of course, I didn't keep it secret. You know, like I, you know, I said, well, you're going to either tell your mother or I will. And you have two hours to make that decision. <laughs> he, did, he did. He did unveil that. But the heartbreak, the heartbreak. But the opening, the opening, I mean, that had to be a moment of opportunity for the parent to say, you know, perhaps why would my child do that? Mm -hmm. What's going on here? Let's look at this picture. Because as you said, it is a recipe Mm -hmm. and we've got to change some of the ingredients that we're, that we're feeding our children and ourselves, right? And not continue this, um, you know, this institutionalized way of thinking that there is only one way and it must be this way and it has to be directed and achievement oriented and the best and the highest and the this and then that and the other. And especially now, I, you know, it couldn't be a better time to step back after the year that we have all been through and look at things through a different lens. So how do you help parents find that lens? For sure. And I, I don't mean to scare <laughs> parents when I share that story, but it is sort of, sort of a jolt and a shock when we look at their, you know, when parents are now looking at their first grader or up, you know, um, because it is raising that question of where I am, where am I now as a, a parent? I don't want that to be an outcome. I prefer Sonia's description of this meaningful connection with her adult child, but the work has to come from the parents within. And um, you, you know, I listened to the episode on confident parenting. That confidence means everything. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm dramatic, Sue, but it does. I mean, to know that you are the, to know and own that you are the expert of your own child 
means so much because first you're role modeling to that child and you build trust with that child. And the schools, I know it's been a while since we've been in classrooms, but you'll go into a classroom and you'll see all these growth mindset charts and checklists and questions. And that's, and you know, as parents, we go in, we're like, oh, what these are great tools. But if it's not happening within yourself as a parent, that you are not working on your own growth mindset so that you can share that with your child, then there's going to be no consistency for that child to ab- to absorb what growth mindset is. For sure. And it, it has to be across the board in all avenues of their interactions. For sure. I It's interesting because um, I think part of this too is allowing our children to make mistakes, allowing our children to Again, this might scare some parents listening, but you know, it's a scary episode. We're sorry, <laughs> uh, but we'll tie it all in a beautiful bow at the end. Sure, sure. So, you know, I, I have clients that are afraid to let their children not do their homework, not, you know, they're, they're on top of the child to make sure the child gets everything in and does everything on time. And, and, you know, kind of that nagging sense that we can adopt in order to make sure our child is on task, on board, you know, maybe we can't get them to a level, but we know they could, but they're not. So we're pushing them to at least get B's. And, you know, I had a parent reach out to me today and her child said, oh my gosh, you know, I'm falling behind. And I realized I didn't get this done and didn't get that done and didn't get the other done. And, you know, I need to get, get on these things. And her question to me was, what do I say? Mm. And I said, you say nothing, say nothing. You just allow the child to take responsibility for this moment. Like this is the moment we've been waiting for. Like, oh, I didn't turn these things in and I need to. No one is bothering them. No one is bugging them. No one is in their ear. And it's not only the assignments day to day, it's the choices and it's the goals and it's the dreams. You want to be a carpenter? What does that require from you? You want to be a, you know, a PhD, uh, you know, student or, you know, study to, to be a therapist or what have you, a scientist, what does that require from the child? Well, one thing, you know, there's not enough stillness in mm-hmm. conversations between parents and teens, and it takes great work for a parent to learn how to walk alongside rather than ahead of right. the child. And Walking alongside, there's something magical about it. There's more, and I say stillness and and quiet because sometimes you don't have to say anything as a parent, but being present is absolutely important emotionally, physically. And in that quiet space, maybe you feed in the question like, wow, that's, that's a struggle. Tell me more about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I've noticed that there's a trend in, you know, um, completing homeworks. Is there something that I can help with? So you're serving your student and you're helping them reflect. Oh, that's a trend now, huh? And with my raising my my teens, um, my end with the conversation is, do you need any help? I would always ask permission. Mm -hmm. And if they say no, I trust that. Mm -hmm. And I do not say anything else afterwards. Right. I offer and you know where to go if you do need my help. And I find the exit. You know, I'm still present, but I find the exit in that conversation because that's the trust building. That when, you know, when they say my mom trusts me in figuring this out and I know where to go to help. Right. Right. We believe, we believe in them and children need us to believe in them. Absolutely. 
And I think the other, uh, the other question or word that I love to weave into these conversations with our children is I'm curious what that requires from you. What yes. do you need from yourself? You know, cause when we're curious, it's not loaded. It's not fired up how, you know, we might be disappointed that they didn't get an assignment in. I mean, this isn't the end all be all. We'll look back at these years and we won't really look back and hopefully our children won't look back saying this moment was, you know, the pivotal moment where, you know, I crashed and burned. These are the years of development, of learning, of mistake making and opportunity, you know, to grow and thrive through those mistakes. We can't keep them in a bubble. Right. And we don't want to. We want, like you said, the most important part of this is the connection piece. So our kids feel as if they can come to us with anything. You know, when they mess up, when they, they're proud of themselves, when they're excited, when they're curious, when they have questions, anything. I mean, my kids share some things that sometimes I'm like, thank God they can't see my face, right? <laughs> because oh, God, they just asked me that question. Am I stepping into a conversation about this? And, you know, my, my daughter, when she was in high school, used to come home and sit at the dinner table with her stepdad and I and start talking about, you know, what was discussed in science or physics. Nothing was off limits. I mean, she mm -hmm. talked about body parts and all sorts of things that, that some people might want to crawl under the table. But we were very used to the, um, the shock value of all these <laughs> wonderful conversations, politics and everything. This is where our kids are going to learn by having that connection piece and comfort to know that anything goes, even if it's the biggest mess up, it's okay. We still love them always. For sure. I have to say, you know, when I was a younger parent of the 20 year old, I was still on this fixed minded. I mean, you know, cause the bias of how we were raised and how we grew up, the messaging we got from our own parents I was raised by an immigrant father, single parent from Germany. So it was very much like you're going to college. And um, the, the difference between me with the firstborn and realizing the, the, the learning mistakes and my, and my second, who's now 12, with complete growth mindsets, mind of complete growth mindset strategies. Sorry about that. And it's so, it's so incredibly um, amazing when my daughter, Gabby, comes in, we're having dinner, and she wants to celebrate something, right? And of course, the traditional agenda might be like, oh, I got an A or some test score, or I got a certificate or something. And she was so proud about missing a test completely. This is on because this is online learning, right? So she forgot she had to do a science test. And having the courage to follow up with her teacher, her teacher giving her the time, she was ecstatic about the ability of her recovering. And she stood up in celebration to high five dad and I. Mm. And this, this is an achieving student. She does well, right? But what a beautiful thing to watch as a parent to say, this is not about me measuring up. This is about me finding my own courage yeah. to navigate. And right? advocate. And, and advocate for, for ourselves. Yeah. That's uh, what a beautiful story. I have chills. Uh, thank you for sharing that. And what is more important than teaching our children how to be resilient, how to, to stand up for themselves and feel comfortable in their own skin to use their voice to get somewhere. And it's, it's not easy for many kids and this is something that we really have to help school them in, support them with, and celebrate. 
So, you know, I'm going to back up a little bit, but for our listeners that are perhaps not familiar or not as familiar with growth mindset, can you just share in your own words what you feel the definition of a growth mindset is? Sure thing. Um, so a growth mindset is knowing that you, you might have a goal ahead of you. Um, well, let's just say your experiences are not determined by an outcome or measurement. So a child may look at a challenge. Uh, the challenge can be anything. It could be a soccer game. It could be an art project. It could be a class. So it really can be anything. And they're determining whether they should engage in that experience because of the learning value. Like, I just want to try this. I'm curious about this, no matter the outcome. Someone who has growth mindset will challenge themselves for the sake of learning something. And even in the face of there might be some failures along the way. Mm. Fixed mindset child might say, well, how, e how can I get to the achievement? How likely am I to get that achievement? And if it's too hard, I probably won't decide to engage. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to tell parents this because in our language, the words that we use, unintentional, but when we celebrate the, tr the hardware of achievement, oh my gosh, you got that participation trophy or any trophy, you got a certificate of achievement, um, you were selected, you know, the, the ranking of, when we use that language, that child is looking at that hardware or that result or that measurement and saying, oh, I am valued because of this thing I achieved, not the effort it took me to get there, but because of this trophy I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. So they, ch they start chasing achievement based on, I'm only valued when I reach that achievement, which is fixed mindset. So right. Growth mindset is, it doesn't matter. I mean, I do have goals. I want to achieve those goals, but I'm willing to challenge myself in the name of that learning experience because I'm, I'm going to discover something about myself. That's how yeah. I define it. I love it. I love it. And, you know, as, as parents, we have to help our children see the process mm -hmm. versus the outcome. And so our language is, is key. So a child comes home. Uh, for example, again, years ago, I got a text from one of my kids one day at school. I remember this like it was yesterday and it was a long time ago. And she said, um, I'm so excited I got a, I don't know if it was an A or B, I honestly don't remember, or 95 or 85 on this test. And I love the positive amplifying feedback. And that's a, a big um, skill I teach parents because it's really important to have that loop and have that child own their own work, not us. Not own it for us because we're proud and we're excited for them, but for themselves. And so I remember saying to her, wow, you know, that's super exciting. It sounds like you're, you know, you're feeling really great about this. And I recall seeing how hard you worked mm -hmm. so that she began to focus on her efforts. And she wrote back and said, I worked really hard. And I yes. must be excited. Yes, I'm really proud of myself too. And, you know, again, we don't want our kids, as you've said so beautifully, to, to have the outcome because that's going to impress or solidify the relationship or make the parent happy. And, you know, the outcome, if it's not what the parent hopes for, is going to disappoint, mm -hmm. right? It's the process. Every day our kids show up and they try the best they can on that particular day. 
just as we do. Some days we're better than others, right? Some days we're at the top of our game, whatever the game is. And other days, you know, maybe we're not as good. And that's just, but we're, we're as good as we can be on that particular day. Hopefully sure. that's making sense. So, you know, I, I, I have to ask you uh, because you and I have had a number of conversations and um, I'm just curious how you are moving forward in supporting parents of children of all ages, because you and I both know that this growth mindset, this, the way we raise our children starts, you know, at birth basically because it also starts with how we are raising ourselves and our inner child and looking at our own growth so that we can see these beautiful thriving children in front of us with their own essence and their own blueprint, so to speak. So how are you helping all parents? What's your goal in looking forward to work with all parents in this respect? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the niche is the educational experience. Um, I, I am in such, I have this strong, fierce mission of Schooling is not our identity for indiv- the individual student and as a family unit. That um, where we go, we, you know, as a family unit, where might the child goes to school or future college or the grades, that is not identity. It is the learner. So helping parents who may be struggling with, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, both <laughs> Sue and Sonia. I know that's right. I just don't know how to get out of my own habits. I don't know how to get out of the own, my own voice or my biases. I need help with that. So that's what I would come in and help bridge this, you know, um, both language connection where the educational experience of the child is the most enriching experience for both, for both the child and the parent who wants to help. Because this is not like, okay, guys, let your child go. You know, off they go off to the sunset and they don't need you. Absolutely not. That's not what we're saying. They absolutely need you. You just need to know, well, where is my spot? Right. You know, is it, how do I give the, that encouraging, you know, um, words? How do I be, how, what is the stillness effect? How does that work? So I help parents with that. And if I could just mention college, you know, cause that's you know, the wheelhouse as well. They're looking, college is not admitting robotic students. And this is where the, the panic happens. Like, oh my gosh, this per- this quote unquote perfect student is being denied and it causes mm. such panic. Colleges are looking for curiosity. They're mm-hmm. looking for innovators, risk taker, intellectual risk takers, initiative. Those qualities cannot just be added on to an activities list. It is something that's developed long-term. Whereas a high, by the time they become teens, they're naturally curious about their world. They have the courage to take initiative on some questions that they have, and they, they remain authentic and original. And that is like, you know, everyone's asking, what's the secret sauce? What's the magic of getting admitted? I'll just say there is. It's ensuring that the teen is original, that they stay their true self. And that takes long, like that's just a long-term relationship in growing up as a child. Right. So I really help educate you know, parents and what that looks like and what that plan is, where they're at. Sometimes they're younger, you know, parents of younger children and others, they're juniors in high school. And so we kind of have to hurry that up a little bit more. That's awesome. And in this world, there's nothing better than being your authentic self, whether you're five, 15, or, you know, 45. 
it's, it's, and people do struggle with that. So let's teach our young children, you know, let's change the world for this generation so that they can grow up knowing who they are and comfort or, you know, comfortable in their own skin and resilient and learning and growing every day, but not feeling that the, you know, life stops if they don't succeed in a certain realm or, you know, Mm. in the intellectual world, college or whatever. (laughs) And how joyful is that as a parent? And when we let go, oh gosh, I promise you guys, there is some joy on the other side. (laughs) Yes. And, and I'm here also to say, you know, having two young adults, that there is a lot of joy on the other side and you're going to learn more about your learner, your student, your child by stepping back and watching their process, their needs and following their direction. They can lead us if we only allow them to. These kids are brilliant and they'll lead us where they need to go, not where we need them to go. Absolutely. So So, Sonia, tell us where we can find more about you because I'm sure our listeners want to connect and look you up and find out more information about you and your work. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, so my, you know, you can find me collegeconfidence.net. I do have a free webinar on kind of jumpstarting this conversation. It's this Friday, too, uh, really early, but I'll be having future webinars called the Healthy College Search for those who want to get started. I also created a uh, Parents and Teens Unite family college planning process, and that is for the younger, eighth grade to 10th grade, where we talk more about mindset of what college planning is. We don't, you know, it's not about let's build a list and apply. It's all of the conversations that need to happen to make it a meaningful process. Mm -hmm. So, yep, you can find me collegeconfidence.net. All the stuff is there. Awesome. Awesome. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. And remember, every moment is a new moment for Conscious Connections. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, the best compliment you can give us is to share this podcast with a friend and be sure to give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.